When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, I have some news about the Google event. And also, Apple iPhone 12 rumors abound. And I have plenty more. So let's get this thing started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. I hope this finds you well, and you're having a great week. Well, last week it was hot, and now it's cold. I'm not talking about the show, I'm talking about the weather. Corrections. In the last episode, I stated that no one at my place of work had died from covid I should have said no one had died recently from COVID. We've had some people infected recently, but thankfully they have recovered. During the height of the pandemic, I had four co-workers die and two other non-affiliated but still present in my work area people die. God rest their souls. Let's get into some tech news. Google had its fall hardware event. The main announcement was the new Pixel 5 flagship phone. The leaks being reported prior to this event proved to be correct. The phone is powered by a mid-range Qualcomm, Qualcomm 765G processor. Compared to other flagships out there, which feature usually feature the 8-series Snapdragon chips, this may seem to be a little underwhelming. But the phone has 8 gigabytes of RAM, which should make up for any processor shortcomings. The 6-inch OLED screen boasts a 90 Hz refresh rate, which should make the display easy on the eyes and snappy. The phone has an IPX8 rating, so water and dust will not be a problem for this model. Around back, as leaked, the telephoto camera lens has been replaced with an ultra-wide-angle ultra lens. The night sight feature now also works in portrait mode, and video recording has been improved. So they say, we will see. I stated in a previous episode that if Google can bring this phone in under $700, they would have a winner. Well, the price is $699. But with upcoming holiday discounts, you'll probably be able to buy this for about $650. For all that you're getting, this would be a great deal. The design of this phone really appeals to me. It's not plastic, it's uh, aluminum, made from aluminum. 
And if I wasn't so entrenched in the Apple ecosystem, this would be the Android phone I would buy. Next up was the Pixel 4a 5G, an awkward but accurate name for this phone. This is the larger improved follow-on to the previously released Pixel 4a. It features, of course, the ability to use 5G and features a 6.2-inch OLED screen versus the 5.8-inch one found on the regular 4A. The processor is the same one found in the Pixel 5, which is an improvement over the processor found in the 4A. There's no 90Hz refresh rate or IP rating for waterproofing or dust resistance. It comes in at $499, which is a decent price. So, if you don't have the bucks to purchase the Pixel 5, but just have to have 5G capability, this is the model for you. Google then announced an upgraded Chromecast, which doesn't require a phone to function, which is a good thing. It features a dedicated remote control with buttons for Assistant, YouTube, and Netflix built in. The software has been updated and it's called Google TV, which attempts to aggregate your content like Apple TV and Roku do. It will cost just 50 bucks, and that's a great deal for a 4K-capable streaming unit. I wish Apple would lower some of their prices to this level. Eh, that's never going to happen. A new Nest audio speaker was announced, sans any Wi-Fi, which put the kibosh on the rumors that Google will upgrade to Wi-Fi Standard 6. It costs $99 and is said to be able to deliver loudness with ease. I just don't see the market for this one. Then again, I'm an old fart. Also announced was that Google Duo, the company's consumer video chat software, has added group chat. I guess this is the company's answer to Zoom. But I thought I heard that Duo was going the way of Allo, which means it will be done away with. We'll just have to wait to see how successful the Pixel will be. Partnerships with carriers and a big advertising push should show positive results, if they even try this time. Next, there were some leaks over at Apple concerning the upcoming iPhone 12. There will be four models of the phone with a 5.4-inch and a 6.1-inch screen for the standard iPhone and a 6.1-inch, and yikes, 6.7-inch for the Pro models. You know, we're getting into uh, iPad mini territory with that size screen. All models will feature an OLED screen for the first time. Yippee-yay! The standard iPhone prices will start at $649 and go up to $899. The Pro models will start at $999 and go way up to $1,399. The prices on the larger Pro models seem to be the same, but will come with double the storage in the base models compared to the iPhone 11 Pro models. This runs counter to earlier rumors that had the phone's price increasing by $100. All models will feature 5G capability. No earphones or wall warts are expected to be in the box, which puts the first-time buyer in a position to have to purchase these items separately, especially the wall charging unit. 90 or 120 hertz displays don't seem to be in the cards either, which is surprising. I guess they just couldn't make them fast enough. Phones are supposedly getting the iPhone 4 reminiscent redesign with new colors. 
The iPhone 4 series design to me was the pinnacle of the iPhone design. My first iPhone was a iPhone 4S, and I still remember how great that phone was. It just felt solid in the hand and virtually bulletproof, especially while texting. That thing just felt solid. Will I be upgrading? Nah, I just got my current 11 Pro Max in March, and from what I hear, 5G isn't quite the revelation it was supposed to be. Perhaps next spring, but why bother at that point with a new model just around the corner? With all models featuring OLED screens, there is no reason to go with the Pro models for myself. I don't really use the advanced features of the camera, and of now, have no use for the LiDAR module. I was hoping for a slightly larger screen size on the so-called mini model, like 5.8 inches versus the 5.4 inch screen, which is expected. I'll have to see the phone in person to make my decision on what size I'll eventually get. Now, I will be getting the Apple Watch Series 6 with cell capability this month. If I can transfer some functions from the phone to the watch, eh, the 5.4 inch would probably suit me fine. China has launched an antitrust investigation into Google's Android operating system at the behest of government entity Huawei. This is kind of laughable when you consider the communist nation bans just about all foreign competition with domestic industries. I don't know what the game is here. Maybe Huawei has finally come up with its own operating system and would like to exclude Android from its home market? Time will tell. Check I'm using. I just have an Aura Ring update for you guys today. The companion software has finally adjusted to my overnight schedule, just in time for me to change it. I'm entering my last week of the overnight shift, and of course this will throw everything off. Since I started using the Aura, it has recommended a bedtime of 10pm, but recently that recommendation shifted to 6am, the proper time all along. We'll see how long it takes for the software to catch up to real life this time. As I pointed out in a previous episode, the Aura doesn't track activity after midnight until 4am for some reason. Of course, because of my shift, it misses the most active time at work of my day. The company's fact states this is due to the way Apple designed its calendar app. Well, the motive ring and every other activity tracker I have owned had no problem tracking activity during these hours. Because of this, I've never met or exceeded my Aura activity goal. I'm looking forward to seeing the difference my new work hours make regarding this. Well, entertainment news. Nothing much here this week. The new woke James Bond movie is delayed yet again due to COVID concerns. Can this signal the death of Hollywood's longest-running movie series? And this is not good news for movie theaters either. Since President Trump's COVID diagnosis, many celebrities have come out on social media wishing for the man to die. Boy, that's sure taking the high road for the peaceful left. I wonder if they realize they're alienating about half of their faltering audiences. Hmm, do they care? Once they get less money for their work, then they will care. And that's my opinion. 
The number of people watching professional sports has dropped drastically since the leagues went woke, especially the National Basketball Association, whose numbers have dropped by half. Well, the NBA is basically an organ of the ruling Chinese Communist Party anyway, so to quote a friend of mine, good luck with that, bro. Podcast News Has the so-called newspaper of record been duped? The Washington Post is reporting that one of the far-left rags, and yes, I am talking about the New York Times, hit podcasts was based on the vivid imagination of the subject of its award-winning show. The podcast was called Caliphate, and it supposedly chronicled the experience of Abu Huzaifa while serving with the Islamic State terrorist army. Well, it turns out that Huzaifa, a 25-year-old who resides in Ontario, Canada, whose real name is Shizros Chaudhry, seems to have fabricated the whole account. Despite red flags about Chaudhry's story, the New York Times reporter on the podcast, one Rukmini Kalimachi, continued validating the subject's story based on the reporter's experience. Didn't do any research, just by her experience. Chaudhry recounted executing prisoners and other horrific acts during the interviews on the podcast. This was despite Chaudhry's interviews with the Canadian Broadcast Corporation before the podcast, where he denied killing anyone and claimed he was just a low-level member who enforced dress codes and the like. Of course, unidentified sources confirmed to the New York Times that Chaudhry was on a U.S. no-fly list and was a member of ISIS. Chaudhry later admitted to the CBC that he had fabricated the story during the interview with the Times reporter. Though the narrative was quickly falling apart, the New York Times still released episodes containing this fairy tale. The complete unraveling of the story came to a head when Chaudhry was arrested by the Canadian Royal Mounted Police, the Mounties, on September 28th. He was charged with fabricating tales about his experiences as an Islamic State fighter, which caused safety concerns for Canadian citizens. This incident throws a light on the problems over at the New York Times. Reliance on so-called anonymous sources and narrative-based journalism results in situations such as this. The 1619 Project, another wildly successful and awarded podcast series from the Times, that has even been incorporated by some misguided school districts here, alleges that the American Revolutionary War was fought to preserve slavery. Though this has been disputed by historians worldwide, including one historian who actually worked on the project, the narrative of this project is accepted as fact by many. To sum this all up, lazy agenda-driven journalism is the norm over at the Times and other outfits, and not the exception. Don't believe anything you read or hear from these progressive news organizations, and do yourself a favor. Next up, legendary conservative talk show host Michael Savage announced last week he is leaving radio and will be only heard via his Westwood One podcast starting in January. 
No reason for leaving radio was given on air, but in a Twitter post, Mr. Savage stated that there were too many, quote, Chris Wallaces in the media these days. I don't know if this podcast will move behind a paywall now. I guess we'll find out soon enough. This does, however, give credence to my thoughts that podcasting is the new media. Only problem is the big guys have figured this out too, and they're sadly overshadowing the small independent podcaster, in my opinion. Now, I gave a listen to the documentary filmmaker Michael Moore's Rumble podcast. Here's my opinion of it. If you are too happy and find yourself having just too good of a day, give this show a listen. It'll be sure to depress you. Mr. Moore comes off as a very miserable man, and he wants to share that misery with you. His hatred of Trump is so strong, it dominates every pore of his being. Might be the only thing keeping that guy alive. In his latest episode, he claims Trump is faking his coronavirus to change the narrative of the campaign. As one reviewer of the podcast put it, Michael Moore is the left's Alex Jones. Well, at least Mr. Jones is somewhat entertaining. This guy and his droning aren't in the least. To end this segment on a good note, Megan Kelly, formerly of Fox News fame, who was culture canceled from her NBC gig, formed an independent, yay, podcast network called Devil May Care Media and has released its first podcast, and of course, it's The Megan Kelly Show. I was afraid this was going to be more of the same political garbage, but three episodes in and I'm hooked. She's actually a real journalist and attempts to rid herself of bias while reporting on a story. Imagine that. A journalist reporting non-agenda-driven, opinionated news. Give it a listen. And, oh, uh, I have not moved my podcast over to another host yet. I got lazy, but I'm working on it. Here's a return of words of impact. Here's another old saying of my grandmother. May she rest in peace. Keep your politics to yourself. Something no one, including myself, seem to adhere to these days. Time for the rant. You know, since uh, President Trump's COVID diagnosis, I'm surprised at the amount of semi-big-named celebrities who have took to social media to wish him dead. You know, the internet is forever, and you would think common sense would dictate that even if you do wish a person dead, regardless of the real or perceived transgressions of them. It's horrible in itself and shouldn't be done. At least that was how I was brought up, and I passed that down to my children. Hopefully they have passed that down to theirs. I hate sounding like the old fart that I am, but civility seems to be dead in this country, and besides blaming modern parents, I blame social media itself. You should treat social media like the purchase of firearms is treated. You apply to buy the weapon, but have a waiting period before you actually obtain it. The logic here is that you are buy if you are buying the weapon for committing an act you and others will regret later, 
the waiting period might just make you reconsider that action and allow you to ponder the implications. The same should apply to social media. You may want to pause a bit before posting the first thought that comes into your mind and think about what effect it will have on you and others down the road. For what it's worth, my advice concerning wishing harm or death to another person is that it should be kept inside the confines of your mind, not to put it up on the billboard, which is social media. But what do I know? I'm just the old fart here. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope my efforts were worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. Let me know how I can improve the show and what content you want more or less of. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And stop frolicking in the fall leaves and get off my lawn. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.